So I'm I'm here with good tidings. Are you? Would you like to hear what the good tidings are? <laughs> I was expecting you to say I have treasures, and so I was waiting for that. For my, I, my, well, my the good tidings to... are that I have treasures. <laughs> the good tidings are the treasures. I have treasures. I have a treasure for you. You you tend to be our treasure hunter more often than not, Ian. Uh, what do we have this time? What what treasures do you bring with you? This one's an unusually spicy one. Um, some spicy treasure. This is the the strange sordid tale of Next Hash, Team Quebec's last title sponsor. Quote, I can tell you for sure this is bad for the cycling team. She is like a plague and destroys everything she touches. Have a great day. I should briefly stop and just say, this is the Cycling Tips Podcast. I'm Kaylee Fretz, and this is Ian Trollor. And Ian, you're our, what, what kind of what your title is now? Senior f- Features? Features. Treasure editor. Hunter? Yeah, I think that's exactly yeah. who you are. And yeah, you, you've got something for us today that a, a lot of our listeners out there have probably read. Let's be honest. Uh it's a fantastic story, and well, we—it's been trafficking well, and I'm sure that most folks who are listening to this podcast have already had a chance to to give it a glance. But well, one, we wanted to to dig into it a little bit deeper. Two, we wanted to let you hear it from the man himself. There's there's just a lot there's a lot around this story that may or may not have actually ended up in the written piece. Uh, I will say that we do have to be somewhat careful, even on this podcast, because this story went through um, a legal process <laughs> that was quite extensive. But nonetheless, we can we can talk about some interesting things over the course of the next, I don't know, half hour, 45 minutes, how long this takes. Allegedly. 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 Yeah. <laughs> I, think, I think the place to start with this... Um, so this story is about... It's about Kubeka, Next Hash, the, the World Tour team, and the pretty wild attempt to find sponsorship last year. Doug Ryder is a primary character in this story. Doug Ryder is the team principal of that team, which has been around for how long? I think since 2007 was when they first uh, began as a continental team in Africa, but they've over the years they've... Uh, moved up through the levels they became a, a pro team or i think it was a pro team was what they were called then who knows uh they won milan san remo with gerard Cholik in their first year at that level worked their way up to world tour level and they've been a world team for six seasons uh until this year when it all kind of came crashing down with a, a very bizarre sponsorship sponsorship story around it now you you did some reporting around this right when Next Hash came on as a sponsor, which was right ahead of the Tour de France, right? The day before the day before the team presentation, they announced that they had a new title sponsor. They actually brought on two sponsors, Burberry and Next Hash. But Next Hash was their their new title sponsor, and it was a five year deal, and it was going to be wonderful for the team and introduce blockchain to an African market and all these sorts of things. They were very ambitious goals from the start. 
But as you do when a name that you've never heard of comes on board as a cycling team sponsor, you do a bit of Googling. And that Googling showed up some not particularly promising things. Um, I'd say probably like first page of Google, (laughs) things weren't looking great. You get down to second page of Google and things are looking (laughs) bad. (laughs) It wasn't even a deep Google. And that's what, that's what had us so confused is like, did nobody else do a Google? Like, did nobody, Mm. did nobody do the Googles around this? And, and it seems to me that, uh, well, maybe they didn't. So let's get into the story. Why, Why don't you, why don't you kick us off? Start reading your piece here, and and I'm going to stop you throughout because I have questions. <laughs> oh, uh, I still have questions. I've I've spent six months looking into this thing, and I still have questions. I I, uh, I, I I'm going to guess that they're questions you maybe can't answer, but I'm going to stop you nonetheless. I might even just stop you because something's crazy. So why don't we just kick off? <laughs> we'll be stopping a lot. <laughs> we'll be stopping a lot. Why don't we kick off the first line? As a cycling season comes to a close. As a cycling season comes to a close, Kaylee Fretz, an air of desperation sets in. Riders scramble for teams, teams scramble for sponsors, livelihoods are on the line, and due to the sport's pickle financial model, all it can take is one sponsor to make or break a team. Sometimes it works out, and sometimes, as the South African registered Team Quebec and Next Hash found out a few weeks ago, it doesn't. But the continuity of it all really hinges on sponsorship. Just choking on some dust there. Sorry. <laughs> I thought it was just a, a pause for, for dramatic effect. That was very dramatic. That was a, a deep pause. Now, cycling sponsors come from all sorts of places. You've got grubby governments, you've got benevolent billionaires, bike brands, and often what they're advertising is pretty mundane. Construction firms like Nippo, alcohol-free beer, um, which sponsor a couple of different... Uh, there are a couple of different breweries that sponsor different teams. You couldn't Quickstep has yeah. one. Quickstep has one, Bora Hansgrohe have one, uh, Remco Evenepoel doesn't know how to open a can of alcohol-free beer. Uh, <laughs> luxury showerheads, Bora Hansgrohe again. But rare is the team sponsor that invites deeper scrutiny. So when Nexthash, a mysterious cryptocurrency company, came on as a Team Quebec title sponsor on the eve of the 2021 Tour de France, there was perpetual in- intrigue for the duration of its involvement in cycling. Since the partnership was announced, it became clear that there would be quite a few more questions than answers. Questions like, what is Nexthash? What is Nexthash? Can can I stop you? Can I stop you? Yeah. Yeah, please. Yeah, what is Nexthash? They are a global... uh, They've got some some bullshit response. Hang on. Let me find it. They're, They're a global sort of blockchain and cryptocurrency platform operating in multiple different countries. Uh, they've got fingers in a lot of different pies. They had a, a weird token thing, which doesn't really seem to have gone anywhere. They've got NFTs, which we'll get to a little bit later on, which is just stupid. There's there's lots of different things going on with Nexthash. Many of them not good. So questions like, where are they from? What do they do? Who's behind it? How do they make money? Do they have any money? That's an important one. Uh, and if so, will they actually <laughs> pay that money for the sponsorship? So those questions in late June were nagging at me. Things nag at me. They, they do this. So I did a bit of digging. And way back then, day after the tour started, I wrote an article that uncovered some doubts about the company's viability 
and whether it could feasibly support what was promoted as a half-decade-long, multi-million-dollar investment in a cycling team. I hit publish and prepared to move on with my life. But within hours, the messages started to appear from people that had worked with or under NextHash founder Anna Bencic. To say these messages communicated a strong view would be a bit of an understatement. This is my favorite one that I got. Quote, I can tell you for sure this is bad for the cycling team. She is like a plague and destroys everything she touches. Have a great day. <laughs> Which is probably a little bit overdramatic of them, but, you know, what am I going to do? Not write back? So over the last six months or so, I've, I've had multiple interviews with multiple sources. And if things look bad back then, <laughs> it's probably looking a lot worse now. So there's more questions that we need to answer about the cycling sponsorship model, about checks and balances that teams have around their sponsors, and a whole lot of questions about NextHash itself. Before we continue, th these are important questions that we will get to. I'm particularly intrigued by this Anna woman and also by the question of, was there ever any actual money? I think we'll, we'll attempt to answer that, <laughs> answer that down the line. But can you just give me... Can you give me a little timeline of events of the, the general demise of, of the team itself? Sure. So uh, the sponsor sponsorship was signed uh, or announced June 30th, I think, uh, within birthday. two months of that. Yeah. Is it? It is. Oh, bloody happy birthday, mate. That's, uh, I, I think that's probably the more important date to remember. That's, that's the more enduring legacy of this. <laughs> of June 30th. <laughs> Yes. Of June 30th, because uh, cause the, the Quebec and Next Hash partnership did not did not have its first birthday. <laughs> it was born. <laughs> Didn't make it. Um, okay, so just before the start of the Tour de France, the sponsorship deal signed. Less than two months after that, an unspecified sponsor has not paid up. Uh, and other sponsors of the team are being asked to submit payments to sort of cover the team until the end of the year. Anyway, there was, a, there was a shortfall from a major sponsor. I did some asking around. It wasn't ASOS. They said that they, they were passionate and paid up. It can't have been Quebecer because Quebecer, that's part of the interesting thing about Team Quebecer. Next hash is that there's like this charity angle to them. Quebecer is a, a bicycle promotion charity or gives bicycles away in Africa. Um, and it's a pro bono arrangement that they had with the team. So their name is just on it as a, a sort of goodwill thing. So they, they don't contribute any money to the team. Uh, and then, yeah, so, so you can kind of narrow down to some likely suspects around who hadn't paid up. That seems to have become resolved. That payment issue, late August payment issue, was resolved around September, October. But then the, the team was still chasing sponsorship towards the end of the year. Doug Ryder was going on an increasingly frantic, it seems, um, but ultimately fruitless search for, for a new naming rights sponsor for 2022 because despite the fact that when it was unveiled, it was announced as this big five-year partnership and everyone from the wording of the press release interpreted that to mean that Next Hash was going to be the title sponsor for five years. There was some ambiguous wording around that, whether intentional or not. Uh, and really, they were just going to be a minor sponsor from 2022 onwards. 
Hmm. So they were they were filling a gap for the end of 2022, and then they were going to be a minor sponsor. That's the way that was we think it was structured. Allegedly. Allegedly. <laughs> Allegedly. I, I think that that was the that was the um, plan or a revisionist sort of version of of how of where we ended up. But then by uh, by October, riders were being told that they could look elsewhere for teams because um, because they hadn't been enough investment secured for the next year. That at the time was presented as kind of a procedural thing. If it doesn't, if, if a team hasn't locked away their finances, then they have to do that, give the riders a chance to find a place to ride for the next year. Uh, some riders left the team and, and went and got new teams. Others stuck around, hopeful. Some of those include Dominico Pozzavivo, Sun Clark, Sergio Hanau, uh, and then... Some big around names. big names, decent riders. Plus Vivo and Hanau. I mean, you're talking about guys that have been in the in the in the discussion at Grand Tours. Mm. And then December 23, Doug Ryder sent an internal email saying, "We've tried everything to find sponsors for our team for next season, but nothing has materialized in time." And yeah, just uh, just around Christmas, it was it was game over. And like you said, it wasn't just Next Hash. Actually, it was it was three different partners that that failed to to pay up and kind of caused all of this, but there's no question, I think at the end of all the reporting that the next hash debacle was sort of the, the straw that broke the already quite beleaguered camels back. Is that accurate? The camel was limping. The <laughs> yeah. camel was limping. Might've been a three-legged camel already. Like it's, it was, it was in rough shape. Yeah. I, I think that's fair to say. So the, the minor sponsors, Doug told me that had next hash paid in full, the other two partners who didn't didn't pay up in full or in part wouldn't have really mattered too much, and we would have been okay. But uh, because Next Hash, which was the the greatest chunk of that sponsorship that was that was missing, that was what really caused strain, financial strain on the team, and added this kind of cloud hanging over their their last six months. So, in addition to the payments going missing, uh, Doug Ryder explained to me that there were some pretty bad communication breakdowns with next hash. Uh, he said that the payments are late. He's still hopeful that the, the payments will come through because there are riders that are contracted to the team for 2022, even though the team doesn't exist, there are still people that he has financial commitments to for 2022. He's hoping that next hash pays what is owing. That seems optimistic. It does. It was a little bit of a, juggling act i think or balancing act rather um because his concerns that having revealed any of this might make the payments less likely to happen um he's hoping that benchich and next hash honor their commitments um but as he told me where we where we are today is we haven't heard from anna benchich for a month we have had delays and delays and delays so I, I think I think it's pretty fair to say that all of these questions and uncertainty around next hash made for an uncomfortable six months for the team. But now at least with the, the team um, collapsing, that uncertainty has been resolved. The unpleasant side effect of that is that the team's demise is forever going to be associated with its latest last title sponsor, which is this blockchain and crypto company, which has the most bonkers backstory. So here we are. This is the point we're at in the cycling sponsorship story. 
on the precipice of a long, deep rabbit hole with rabbit holes off rabbit holes. Rabbit holes with North Korean military hackers. We've got Slovenian sex toy entrepreneurs. We've got so many bankrupt businesses, Kaylee. It's, it's nuts. So speaking of bankrupt businesses, can you give me a bit of backstory on this sponsorship and on Next Hash itself? Yeah, for sure. So the sponsorship the sponsorship was presented to the team by a well-regarded credible sports marketing agency, to quote Doug Ryder. They had brought Next Hash into the orbit of a Formula 1 racing team. I want to step back really quickly because this is often how these sponsorships work, right? Is that the, the team principals, are, they're searching for sponsorship and they're, they're using every contact they have, but they also hire out the sponsor search, right? And, and these sports marketing companies are, are heavily involved, not just in cycling, but as you said, like in F1 and in, in, in across every sport. The, the, these companies, part of their job is to do a bit of digging, perhaps a Google search, maybe go to the second page even, and it seems that this, this maybe they pitched this company to two different teams and two different sports. Can, do you know who it is? Can you tell? Can we? Can we? I have suspicions, but um, I can't confirm. Oh, that's a shame. Oh well. Whoever it was, I hope they listen to this and, and feel bad. So they, I, I think that they might have actually been behind putting Next Hash in front of three different sports. So we had an F one deal. Um, Next Hash was going to be a crypto partner for a Formula One team, which never eventuated. Team Quebec and Next Hash, which did to um, decidedly mixed results. And then there's also a cricket sponsorship, uh, a cricket NFT partnership with the English 2020 captain. I won't expect you to know what that means, but it's it's like um, it's like the Super Bowl, Kaylee. It's like the Super. Okay, like a cricket. Like a weird baseball Super Bowl. I got you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, 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 so this company, so this company is clearly uh, part of the Anglosphere, but not American. Because if those are the t- the sports that it's pitching, it's probably not American. Anyway, I, I'm I'm intrigued by this now, and I'm I want to find out. Well, I can I can tell you when the mics are off. Okay. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> listeners. Sorry, listeners. Anyway, back to Next Hash. T- tell me about them. Yeah, so you mentioned that if they had have looked on, say, the first or second page of, of Google, they might have found some things that could have possibly been concerning. Now, according to public documents, um, corporate financial records, as of September 2020, Next Hash Tech Limited, which is kind of the London-based parent company of the lot, had £40 in cash assets. That's, uh, that's four zero, um, 55 US dollars. 73 Australian dollars. So enough, enough for a uh, mid-priced meal. <laughs> I was going to say like some, some off-brand sneakers. Off-brand sneakers? Sure. Yeah. 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 Um, it's not bad. Like a, a modest outfit at H&M. Yeah. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> now that, that's, uh, that's what they have in cash assets. In liabilities, there's a slightly bigger sum 
uh, $6.8 million US, mm. $9 million Australian, $5 million pounds in liabilities falling due within a year. So that, that means that as of September 2021, all of those debts would have, or liabilities would have fallen due, um, which interestingly enough is pretty much the same time that the team uh, didn't get their sponsorship payments mm. and had to go asking for sponsorship uh, or extra extra payments from other sponsors. Their net worth, minus $5.5 million US. Uh, their assets, minus $4.3 million US. The company, this global entity, uh, shifted its registered London address four times in 14 months, claims to have 12 entities in 10 countries. In the financial documents that I was looking at, they listed their average number of employees as one. Uh, I, I asked for more recent financial documents, but I did not get any response. So we're, we're dealing with some pretty striking numbers here that don't bode well for a world tour title sponsorship. I no, think it's fair to say. No, I mean, you know, um, Quebec has never been the richest team in, in the world tour, but I'm pretty sure 40 pounds ain't going to do it. Yeah, no, I, I, I think that's probably a fair statement. I mean, that's what, like one ASOS arm warmer? <laughs> yeah, one. <laughs> that's it. One. <laughs> you get to roll around with one arm warmer. But the team were the team were excited about their, their sponsorship. They felt that they'd been saved from the... They'd escaped from the firing squad that was... Saved from an imminent collapse. It, I mean, the team was going to disappear. Like, uh, you know, I do want to... I want to take a brief moment here because... We're laughing at some of this, but this is people's livelihoods, and uh, it's absurd because it was allowed to happen, and the failures of many, many, many people allowed it to happen. Uh, but it's actually quite a sad thing, and and you can kind of understand, and I think we'll talk about this at probably the end of the episode, you can kind of understand Doug Ryder's position and, and where he's sitting and the fact that he's trying to keep this entire boat afloat, and this boat has... You know, not just 28 riders in it, but also probably an equivalent number of staff who are out of work, right? And and right for the Tour de France, they're out of money and they can't pay people, and and desperation is warranted, I would say. And it's a really hard sport to to stay afloat in. In fact, Jonathan Vodders, uh, who has been in a similar situation, if you recall, not too long ago, he was uh, asking fans for cash like they literally had a basically a gofundme for a, a, a cycling team you know that wasn't that wasn't too long ago and he, he he responded to somebody on twitter and i was tagged in it and i saw it and and he basically said yeah this sounds about right this sounds normal <laughs> so i do want to provide that little bit of context in in this whole process and yes we're laughing at the absurdity of some of this stuff but it's also it's 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 serious business at this point uh, and in and in Ju- June, Kubeka and Doug Ryder were in a bad place. And I, I have a mountain of sympathy for the riders, for the staff, for the team, which which does have this legacy as one of the, the few teams with a kind of feel good story behind it that isn't bankrolled by by some human rights abru- abusing government. Like it's it, it has a partnership yeah, with a, a a charity. It's a real. It's a fantastic charity and a real, actual feel-good story, as opposed to like Team Sky riding with whales on their jerseys one year and then getting sponsored by Ineos the next. Slightly different. 
scenario. Yeah, it, it's mm. a it's a deeply it's a, it's a team that's very easy to have a lot of empathy for. They they're kind of the plucky underdog. Yeah, and this underdog needed money to continue, and I can I can see why decisions were being made. But as as Doug Ryder told me, um, they trusted that the deal was good. They spoke to the people that had put the deal together and they said, don't worry, it's going to be fine. We'll get the money. It's all going to be okay. Uh, and then there were, as he says, more and more delays and promises and empty promises. And meanwhile, during, during the Tour de France, instead of the attention being on the team's racing performance, which wasn't all that flash, but you know, what, what are you going to do? They were fielding uncomfortable questions from, from cycling tips, from cycling news, from bicycling, asking, Hey, what's going on with this? These guys don't sound great. So, yeah, as of June and July, when they thought that they were they were good for six months, maybe longer, maybe five years, who knows? Um, they were getting uncomfortable emails about their their shiny new sponsor, and I was getting uncomfortable messages from people that wanted to talk to me about their shiny new sponsor and had some pretty uh, pretty harrowing things to tell me, like. There's no money. So, so someone got in touch with me and, and said, I didn't, I didn't use the entire quote. Uh, they said, she's got no interest in cycling. She just wants the exposure. Uh, she won't pay for a while and then she'll go silent, which is almost exactly what seems to have ended up happening. Uh, and yeah, as, as I said earlier, as of early December, that was the last time that the team heard from from Anna Bencic and they spent that month trying to contact her and trying to <laughs> trying to get the unpaid sponsor entitlements without success and then the team folded which is strange and sad we, we've alluded to this a couple different times already but the, you know <laughs> We weren't the only ones that saw this and went, well, that's not good. <laughs> that's not, that's not right. That's, this is going to end poorly, right? We, I mean, we, we said that from the, the, the moment that the press release showed up and we did a Google. But you, you dug up quite a few additional red flags. What else did you, what else did you find? So one of the, the most prominent, at least in the sort of English language sphere, was Nextash's involvement with a UK-based company of around 100 employees called Skills Matter. Uh, they became insolvent after Nextash pulled out of a, an angel investment of around $3.5 US million. Um, Benchich at the time said that she'd backed out after performing due diligence. Skills Matter, uh, they, they laid the blame squarely on Nextash for their demise. But if you get into the Slovenian media, which is where the company is based, despite claiming to be in London, that's a Slovenian company, there's a lot of other companies that have been associated with Anaventage over the years, including ABF Limited, which was investigated by Slovenian authorities over allegations that it had exploited Slovakian migrant workers. Um, because it's all in, in the Slovenian press and I don't speak Slovenian, it's a little bit hard to figure out exactly how that was resolved. I, I don't think that there's any um, public documents about that. But I would gently suggest that if you're being investigated by the state over worker exploitation, you might have um, made some whoopsies along the way. 
the occasional whoopsie. Who, who the occasional whoopsie every once in a while. Who hasn't? You know, <laughs> <laughs> whoopsie. Benchich. Benchich says that she did not whoopsie. Just, just for balance, there were no, there were no whoopsies according to Benchich. She said that any criticism at the time was, quote, offensive and populist, which is like, love that. Uh, and it is unclear how the case was resolved, but that company did go bankrupt in 2017. So in addition to ABF Limited and NextHash, you've got other companies. You've got ConsultFin, ConsultEU, ABF Tourist, 18+. That one's a particularly interesting one. That might be some foreshadowing. Is there foreshadowing oh. that we just got? Oh, good. They're foreshadowing the hell out of that. I category. love a good bit of foreshadowing. Yeah. Um, most of these businesses operated out of one or two addresses in uh, neighboring Slovenian cities of Isola and Copa. So it's all just a, a web. So one Slovenian registry says that Benchich is the director or representative of 12 different businesses. Several of these are listed in financial documents as creditors of Nexthash. According to another source, 10 or 11 uh, companies of which Benchich is listed as a founder, director, or procurator have blocked or closed current accounts, which leads us to Nexthash. But before we get to Nexthash, let's have a quick little interlude into Slovenia, which is a tiny country of just 2.1 million people that you might have heard of, Kaylee Bretz. I have indeed heard of Slovenia because, yeah, they've been... They've been pretty important in the world of professional cycling over the last couple of years. I mean, uh, Matej Mohoric uh, springs to mind as, as clearly the most prominent Slovenian cyclist of You've the got Mohoric, yeah. <laughs> Plus Tadej Pogacar and, and Primoz Roglic, obviously. Uh, yeah, Those tiny guys. Little, tiny little country has done some pretty incredible things in cycling as of late. Last year, two Grand Tour titles, nine Grand Tour stages, two Olympic medals, multiple one-day races. Slovenia is kicking ass, but they're also doing pretty well in cryptocurrency. They have lots of different businesses accepting of this currency. You can go to a supermarket and pay for your groceries with Bitcoin if you so desire, which I do not suggest you do. Um, but that's just me being a grouch. <laughs> they've got a lot of young developers that are working in the crypto space, and they've got a supportive government. So blockchain technology can prosper, which spills over into cycling. You mentioned Tadej Pogacar, a little-known name. Uh, the team that he rode for immediately before signing with UAE Team Emirates was sponsored by a crypto firm. Uh, and a couple of years later, we've got Nexthash that came along to take crypto sponsorship to the world to a level. And to get to the story of Nexthash, you have to look to another Slovenian cryptocurrency brand, which is the similarly named NiceHash which was founded in 2014 and still describes itself as the world's leading cryptocurrency platform for mining and trading. And this is where Anna Bencich gets into the crypto space. And now it's time for the weirdest tangent yet, which is Hollywood via Pyongyang and North Korean military hackers. I don't really know how to transition this, so why don't you just keep going? Okay. <laughs> so in 2014... NiceHash, this, this other Slovenian cryptocurrency company, is just getting off the ground. And Seth Rogen um, had a film called The Interview, in which the North Korean dictator Kim Jong-un is satirically assassinated. And that film was at the center of a global diplomatic incident. Um, Sony Pictures, you might remember this, it was like front page news globally at the time. They were targeted by an anonymous hacking collective called the Guardians of Peace, which is, again, 
they they leaked unreleased films. They really do. Well, this isn't crypto, folks. These are these are North Koreans, or just hackers in general. Yeah, hackers, hackers, cool ass. I mean, (laughs) everyone in this is just wearing all black. It looks like the Matrix in my mind. (laughs) The Guardians of Peace. Okay, so what Guardians Guardians of of Peace is? They (laughs) they leak Sony films. They release sensitive information, and they demand that Sony pulls its quote film of terrorism. So that caused Sony to scrap the interview's theatrical release because they were afraid of terrorist attacks. And then, over time, it became clear that the Guardians of Peace were North Korean military hackers um, working for yeah, the, the Reconnaissance General Bureau of the Democratic People's Republic of Korea. North Korean military is kind of uh, a scary, simultaneously scary and also a laughing stock, but these guys seem to actually be pretty good at their job. Um, they... they attempted to steal more than $1.2 billion in cyber-enabled bank heists. They created a, a ransomware software called uh, WannaCry 2.0. And then in December 2017, they turned their gaze to a little crypto company in Slovenia. Nice hash. They hacked that company. They stole 4,700 bitcoins, which was at the time valued around $80 million. And they brought nice hash to its knees. So into that void steps Anna Bencic. She's... Uh, interested in helming a recovery effort to restore the funds and provide tech and security support to NiceHash, which was crippled and was um, in the news for all the wrong reasons because people's Bitcoin had been stolen. Had lost 4,700 Bitcoins. Yes, which is a lot of Bitcoin. Yeah. What's that, what's that worth now? Hold on. www.whatis4700bitcoin worth um, in US dollars in 2022.net. $197 million. Ah. So, yeah, 4700 Bitcoin today is worth $197 million US dollars. That's a lot of Assos jackets. That's that's like like a couple arm warmers. You get a dozen, dozen and a half <laughs> arm warmers at least. So she, she stepped into the void. She'd known about cryptocurrency before, according to a source, but she didn't know how to really harness its power um, and stepped into the void there and had the opportunity to link herself to NiceHash. And according to one of my sources, who was, was one of the, describes himself as one of the co-founders of NextHash, he says, it was like in a movie. She took over 35% of NiceHash in one day. She is not a good tactician, but she is a great salesperson. Um, so I contacted NiceHash about it and they provided a series of thoughtful responses and, uh, they said, obviously times were extremely challenging for us back then. And we were doing all we could to make sure we were able to reimburse our users. Um, yes. I'm I'm getting a bit of a, a recurring theme here, which is that Anna Bencic targets assets that are in trouble. Uh, allegedly allegedly targets beleaguered beleaguered companies uh and as as a means of basically getting inside them right like a strangler fig allegedly or like a or like a one of those big worm parasite things that eat you from the inside allegedly allegedly uh uh, (laughs) so nice hash says that although this may seem naive from today's viewpoint we were extremely desperate at the time so we agreed to it she was very persuasive and there was little reason to believe that somebody would make such promises without actually having the resources to back it up. I mean, that could come from Doug Ryder, right? Uh, 
a very similar quote from Doug Ryder was that he doesn't believe that people would make promises and that not come through with them. He just doesn't believe that somebody would do that. I don't know. Maybe maybe she will come through with the goods. I don't know. Uh, so they took out a couple of lawsuits when it became clear that <laughs> she did not have 4,700 Bitcoin to buy her 35% stake of NiceHash. And all of the lawsuits ended by way of settlement in 2019. And then soon after that, she started NextHash, which sounds very similar. And Downey, who was the, the marketing guy from NiceHash, said that a lot of the wording from the website and stuff was almost almost like it was copied and pasted from NiceHash into NextHash's website, mm. which is good stuff. So the company that Benchich was involved with at the time was not called NextHash. It was called ConsultFin, which claims to have those 12 entities scattered all around the world from Singapore to Malta, Slovenia to Serbia, a couple in the US. They're, they're, they're everywhere. NextHash is, is a global entity, serious business. Um, making it even more consuming, though, is the existence of multiple iterations of the same company in different companies. ConsultFin Limited, which is a UK-registered predecessor in NextHash Tech Limited. There's a Slovenian ConsultFin, which was rebranded as FinTech Invest and then went bankrupt. Uh, in September 2020, a Slovenian entity called NextHash DOO is accredited to the UK's NextHash Tech Limited to the tune of slightly over half a million US dollars, while the third next hash, PLC, is owed more than $1 million. And again, I asked for more up-to-date financials, but I did not get a response, so this is this is what we're going off. Throughout all of those different next hashes and consult fins and consult use and consult techs and next hash techs, there's a common thread, which is Anna Bencich, uh, which, like consult fin and next hash, she seems to be providing and is providing funding for multiple subsidiaries, which I should stress could be completely legitimate tax avoidance. I think it's important to say that, and I think our lawyers would say that it is also important to say that. <laughs> it's very opaque, could be tax avoidance, that is fine. But have you ever seen a street magician do that trick with like a ball and then like there's all those cups and the, the ball is just moving around and you're like, ah, that's where the ball is. There is no ball. And there isn't a ball under every one of those cups, allegedly. Maybe they're just moving the ball between all of the different cups and pretending that all of those cups have balls. Do you follow? Maybe it's just tax avoidance. Could, allegedly. Uh, <laughs> so it could be just, just uh, calling to mind that money is shifting from one business to another to provide an illusion of financial stability. Perhaps. What we can say more clearly is that there is a pattern of financial instability. So in 2017, for example, there's a nice little demonstration in microcosm of this. One of Benchich's companies, the holiday rental company, ABF Tourist, um, got in trouble with Slovenia's tax department, went bankrupt and had properties seized to pay debts. And then the unrelated Benchich business also called ABF, was at the core of that 2013 Slovakian slavery investigation and also went allegedly. bankrupt in 2017, allegedly. The headline was, it was not about slavery, which I love. And in December, NiceHash alleged to Cycling Tips, she promised 4,700 Bitcoin that she was, quote, nowhere near being able to come up with as a play for a major stake in the company. So I think it's important to note that business relationships sour and Businesses go bankrupt all the time. 
and that in itself does not imply that Anna Bencic or any of her subsidiaries engaged in illegal or immoral conduct. But what we can say is that multiple sources from multiple different Bencic-related entities have painted a very similar picture of an ambitious entrepreneur who does not necessarily offer a safe bet. So, (laughs) to quote one of the people I was talking to, she is very charismatic, amusing, good company, tactile. She promises the world that she'll say anything to get what she wants. And as it unravels, you can see she's completely unempathetic. I think this is a good place because the next part of the story is is goes on another bit of a tangent. It's a good place to just ask you who who this woman is, and, and like, just can you just describe her for me? I, I mean, this isn't in the story, but this is this is why we wanted to make the podcast. I think what's what's the sense that you get of this as a, as a human being, like based off the conversations you've had with folks that knew her, know her, uh, worked with her. So to, to describe Anna Bencic, and I should, I should preface this by saying that I have not spoken to her despite multiple, multiple attempts to contact her and attempts to contact people that worked with Next Hash or claimed to have worked with Next Hash. I've only exchanged one email with her, which was an email from her saying, thanks for sending an email. I can't respond to this email that she was responding to um, because she had had an accident and had been um, off work for a month and a half and that she would get back to me in two weeks and then she never did. So that is the extent of my personal interaction with Anna Bencic uh, from people that know her better than me. Um, she is, I'd say, like early middle-aged, uh, I believe married with kids. She's not necessarily your typical crypto bro uh, and seems to be very driven, seems to be forever chasing the next sort of unicorn and seems to have bad luck catching it. So I, I don't think that she would necessarily identify with um, being characterized as a fraudster or as having done anything wrong necessarily. I think that she might just see this as a business deal that didn't work out and move on to the next one. But the people on the receiving end of that might see that a little bit differently might be inclined to use words like sociopath, might be inclined to use uh, some more, more strident terminology than that. Let's talk about, um, let's talk about sex toys real quick. <laughs> I, I, feel like I, a, I thought a, you'd a, never ask, Caleb. Any good podcast, you know, this is like a recurring, it's a really recurring segment in the, in the Segmentist podcast, mm, is our mm. sex toy segment. So let's, let's get to it. Let's get right to it. Sure. Okay. So 
as I foreshadowed before, there, there is another company simultaneously to all of the ABFs and all of the consultants and all of the, the next hash entities, 18 plus DOO, uh, which is a business that is pursuing something a little bit more immediately pleasurable than blockchain finance. <laughs> Uh, they are, or were, a cutting-edge sex toy manufacturer, which was established by self-described Next Hash co-founder, Alyosa Sokic, uh, and funded by Benchage via one of her consult-thin entities. And 18plus was working out of the same building on the same floor as the cryptocurrency team, working on remotely operated smart sex toys, as well as technological development for other manufacturers. One next hash contractor, speaking on condition of anonymity, described the office environment at that time, and I love this. Uh, he, he said, it was bizarre. One minute you're talking about cryptocurrency sales, and the next you're surrounded by sex toys. 18 Plus's marquee product was a visionary vibrator called the Cum X, um, <laughs> which was the first smart vibrator. Did we, remember, did we remember to put an 18 Plus warning at the beginning of this podcast? The company's called 18 Plus, that's the warning. Okay, we're good. Uh, foreshadowing. There's been so much foreshadowing. <laughs> we're fine. They're fine. So the Cum-X was the first smart vibrator with three powerful vibration zones with exciting, never-before-seen haptic effects that users can arrange into custom vibration patterns in the web sequencer. Ooh la la. Um, so there were, there were apps and all sorts. Cycling Tips uh, is not in the business of sex toys, so just bear with us through this tangent. The adult industry was pretty into the Cum-X. They, they were nominated for various awards. They were at a show in Berlin and had 30 of their vibrators stolen. Facebook post says, Share, if you hear any suspicious moaning and have information as to the whereabouts of the vibrators, please contact us. Which is good. <laughs> so uh, Sokik and Benchich would travel the world to trade shows to hunt for endorsements and secured a rising adult star, Elsa Jean, as an ambassador. But while externally 18 plus seemed like it was on a pathway to commercial climax, it was not as it appeared, because after about a year, the funding from ConsultFin was slowing down. Just on the cusp of launching the Cum-X to the public, 18 plus came crashing down around its employees, and Benchich and Sokic, uh, had Sokic or Sokic, I'm not sure, had a deterioration in their relationship. She didn't have any money left, he says. Um, the vibrator never hit the market. And their endorsement deal with Elsa Jean, the adult star, fell apart, which is very sad for all parties. Some of the 18-plus employees were absorbed into what became Next Hash. Others weren't so lucky. One of the engineers for 18-plus told me uh, that they were strung along with promises of payment for more than seven months, eventually writing it off as a lost cause. And it's a little bit unclear as to the status of the company. By the books, they, they still appear to be active, and they're listed as a creditor to Nexthash still in the most recent financial documents, apparently owing Nexthash £1.4 million, pounds, uh, although a search of Slovenian records show that bank accounts were closed in 2019. And if we, if we remember that ball and cup analogy from earlier, um, Sokic has this belief that Benchich is not always transparent about her involvement with companies acting by intermediaries and... Supporting that is, is the fact that one of 18 Plus's managing directors, Mirjan Matic, is now described on LinkedIn as a sales and marketing specialist at Nexthash. Um, Sokic and Matic are still listed as representatives of the Californian uh, romance products, quote, entity 18 Plus LLC, 
and 18 Plus's social media presence has laid dormant since December 2019. So there's some um, apparent shifting of, of who's involved and, and what's involved. Uh, but NiceHash also believe that Benchich kind of obscures her ownership or, or her financial stake in companies to avoid repercussions when things go south. The NiceHash CMO told me that it is to be noted that Benchich was never directly involved with the NiceHash deal. She worked through ConsultFin as a proxy, but she definitely made the decisions. Meanwhile, Sokic uh, made some fairly explosive allegations that Benchich had drawn the attention of investigative bodies in Slovenia. I'll word this bit carefully. Um, representatives of Slovenia's financial administration department declined to provide comment on questions around tax evasion. And an email to the Slovenian police media address also declined to provide comment due to Personal Data Protection Act. But there is an allegation that Benčić and Nexthash are being investigated by Slovenian authorities for mismanagement. How does this Scottish guy come in? Oh, the Scottish guy, Phil. Yeah. So Phil Lawrence, who is a very nice Scottish man, he's based in Estonia. Uh, he was co-director of an Estonian offshoot of Nexthash, which is called Next Inter Exchange OU, but the U has an umlaut above it, so OU. Uh, that company holds the license for Nexthash to trade as a crypto exchange, which is a, a vital part of Nexthash's product offering. But the company couldn't get a bank account in Estonia because Estonia's regulators had tightened their grip on foreign financial institutions after an explosive money laundering scandal in 2017 involving Danske Bank. So Next Inter Exchange couldn't exchange money through Estonia, which is a key part of their crypto offering they need to be able to do that so phil lawrence told me there was no way next hash could take cash in from hunters so benchich said if you want to deposit into the company she asked them to deposit to an account in the slovenian bank but mark the reference for next inter exchange uh, crypto exchange cannot accept an exchange by a third company in a third country lawrence continued it's a violation of the crypto license now i know this is all financial mumbo jumbo kind of lost me a little bit, but it is a violation of international banking laws and directly breaks the Money Laundering and Terrorist Financing Prevention Act of 2017, which includes a clause mentioning crypto companies. So it's simply illegal, according to Lawrence and according to what, what else we can find out, to, to solicit funds from investors in Estonia and then use a Slovenian bank account to collect them. That's a very bad no-no. In 2018 or 2019, the crypto license for Next Inter Exchange was suspended, but I should say, for legal reasons, it's not clear for the reason of the suspension, and the company has since re-emerged. We're not really sure why. We asked Nexthash specific questions about the company's dealings in Estonia. Nexthash claims on its website to fully comply with all financial directives and address the worldwide markets, but they did not provide a response to our questions about their Estonian dealings. Now, the, the corporate concerns and the financial rule breaking or rule stretching are one thing, but there's also people behind all of this. There's people in the team, there's people in the Nexthash team. Uh, there's, although Nexthash now appears to be a one-person show, at the peak of its powers, it had dozens of people, dozens of employees scattered around the world in those 12 different locations, which now 
maybe no longer exist. I'm not totally sure. But those people, uh, according to, to Phil Lawrence, were genuinely decent, well-qualified, and seriously experienced. And now they, almost all of them, no longer work for Nexthash. And it seems likely that a whole lot of them have very bad things to say about Nexthash because a lot of them spoke to me and told me very bad things about Nexthash. So I was told about staff from India who'd moved with their families to Singapore to work for Nexthash and then were fired. Uh, I was told that she hired and fired at a whim. As soon as your value was no more, you'd be kicked to the curb. Another source told me she is absolutely ruthless. Uh, Phil Lawrence told me that Benchich leaves, quote, human collateral damage in her wake without a second thought. And then one of the things that sort of tipped me off to the fact that there was something iffy about Nexthash in the first place way back in July was some a, a cycling fan that had contacted the former CEO, a guy called Daniela Menzi, who's an Italian, who wrote on uh, on Twitter that he had just left Next Hash due to, quote, extreme disappointment, uh, sorry, extreme disagreement from all standpoints, and um, and said that there's nothing nothing to add, there's, there's nothing to talk about with the company, uh, it's a total failure. There, there were some other things that was deleted which were even spicier, but for legal reasons, I won't get into that. But anyway, red flags from the former CEO, red flags from a bunch of uh, previous employees. And the thing that links with uh, with the team out of all of that is that a lot of these employees are still chasing missing money. So we've got Phil Lawrence, who told me that he knows of at least 10 people owed money ranging from two or 3,000 euros up to six figures. He says that he is... He, he was owed 30,000 euros and he's given up on that. He compromised with Benchich down to 15,000 euros and still hasn't received that. An ex-Tash contractor I spoke to um, estimates that he's short around 7,500 pounds. An 18 plus engineer told me they were still owed more than 15,000 euros in wages. And Alyosa Sokic claims to have lost two companies and about 200,000 euros at least from his dealings with Anna Benchich. And a lot of these people are concerned that by going on the record or being involved with this story, they'll be tied to Benchich by association. But as Lawrence told me, quote, I would rather air what I know now and avoid more people getting hurt. Legal legal caveat here, Next Hash did not respond to specific questions about unpaid wages and entitlements to any entities associated with Benchich. In addition to the employees of Next Hash, there are also the people that have bought into the Next Hash ecosystem of crypto offerings who are signing up for all of their, their Bitcoin and uh, and tokens and all of that kind of thing. And things are not going well on that front either. <laughs> One user on their Telegram channel said that it's a scam project, needs to be reported, ran away with the money. Uh, another, another person wrote, where are the funds? Return them. You can't do this project. I haven't seen this many excuses anywhere. I think that's enough red flags. I think there's a lot of red flags. I, I feel like we're surrounded at this point, by red flags in this particular story. I think Next Hash is globally uh, responsible for a, a shortage of red flags. <laughs> They've been hoarding the red flags around themselves. <laughs> there are no more red flags. Let, let's bring this back to, to professional cycling and, and sort of... Can we try to answer now how, how, how this could have happened and how it... And I guess we know what the repercussions are, right? Yeah, the repercussions are pretty bad. The the teams folded. Um, about a dozen a dozen riders are 
either searching for contracts or being forced into early retirement or dropping way back to, to club or continental level. It's it's not good. And there's there's still I don't know. I, I, I one of the questions I have is I, I don't know what they hoped what Next Hash hoped would happen. What was the what was the game plan here? I mean did they think that people watching the cycling would just be like, hey, I wanna I wanna get involved in crypto and I wanna do it with Team Quebec's crypto partner. I guess that's what sponsorship is, right? But it seems a stretch. Well, and the fact that they were being shopped around to multiple sports, I think, is fascinating because clearly this was something intentional, right? This wasn't this this didn't come together by accident because this sports marketing firm that was putting Next Hash in touch with teams across two, possibly three sports, you know, that initial communication had come from somewhere and, and there had to be intent there. And so, yeah, that, that is one of the big, the big unanswered questions for me is why, is what was the purpose? And I guess, like you said, the, the, maybe the purpose is as simple as if this, if this was an attempt to be legitimate, you know, there's lots of crypto sponsorships across sports. In fact, they're popping up all over the place in the last six months to a year or so. So I guess it sort of falls in line with a, with a broader trend anyway. It's just the fact that this one uh, failed a little more spectacularly than most. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm fine with there being a broader trend, but I even even if Next Hash was... So, so they would have been expected to pay hundreds of thousands or millions of dollars for the six months that they're involved with the sport, which does not seem to have moved the needle for the company in any kind of positive direction. They, If you now look up Next Hash, the first results that you get are a couple of cycling tips article, which is like, what the fuck are these guys on about? <laughs> like, <laughs> There's now this article that I've just put together, which uncovers like, five years of terrible, terrible red flags for the company. And all of these things are the first things that anyone doing their due diligence on Next Hash will come across. So I, I don't know what the game plan was. And it also seems to have been a poor investment, even if they didn't pay the full amount, even if they've only paid like a third, that still doesn't seem like a good return for their investment because nothing good seems to have come out of it. Nothing good for the team. I don't, I don't think anything good has happened for next hash. It's not like they're suddenly, you know, a world leading crypto exchange or anything. They're just, they're just still sort of shuffling along, trying to, trying to make something happen at the most charitable interpretation. Have, have you tried to buy any crypto on next hash? Is it possible? I, I am a no crypto zone. <laughs> I, I don't want to. I don't want to have their crypto. I don't want to do their their stupid NFTs. They they're doing cricket and they want to do cycling NFTs after the after the team folded, like a week after the team folded and the team is no more. They put out a press release where they're like, "Hey, we're going to introduce NFTs into cycling with uh, a new partnership with South African cycling team Quebecer." That's after the team folded, and they're they're using they're using that time to talk about nfts with a team that doesn't exist it's wild in their own nft press releases they misspell nft 
How do you miss? It's three letters. It's three letters. How do you do that? Non-tangible focons. (laughs) Maybe it's something new. Maybe they've got a a new innovative product. (laughs) But it doesn't inspire confidence. I would say that is a good summation of this entire story. Mm. It doesn't inspire confidence. In all, in in so many different levels, and so many different things, and so many different, I'm just I'm I'm astounded by the number of things that had to go wrong, and the due diligence that had to be not done for this to happen. I, I that's what I I walk away from this just just it's astounding to me. It is genuinely astounding, and 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 I also firmly believe that Anna Benchich will be back, maybe not in cycling. But she'll be back. We can we can but hope. <laughs> it's right. it's interesting at least whenever she's uh whenever she's involved. It is absolutely interesting whenever she's involved. With, I just I really I would prefer that she picked a different sport. <laughs> but then you wouldn't you wouldn't have a story linking sex toys and North Korean hackers and all of these different threads into into a weird cycling sponsorship story. It's I enjoyed it very much. Ian, thank you for all of your reporting and all of your writing. Folks out there who are listening, if you haven't read this story yet, it's still on our homepage, or just Google Next Hash. <laughs> it shows up uh, right on the first page, in fact. Uh, and if you really want to go for a ride, just keep clicking through those Google results and see what what you were, where you end up. This is the end of our special Next Hash sponsorship story episode of Segmentist Podcast. Thank you, Ian for, for all your hard work and we'll be back next week with a regular episode and until then bye everybody bye.